Welcome back to another episode of the Bees and Honey podcast. This week, we're speaking with Florian Bupperfeld, who is the creator of the LCD Awards. And he's going to tell us a lot about his organization and what it does and how it brings art uh, to the people and brings cultural institutions into collaborations with many other entities to make a viewing of art and other cultural experiences more enjoyable for everyone. Okay, so thanks for taking the time to join me today, Florian Bukerfeld. Um Please tell me a little bit about Leading Culture Destination. What is it? How did it come about as an idea? And what are the LCD awards? Well, look, um, <laughs> Basically, it is the logic consequence of my life, really. Um, and I think the epiphany moment was that I was sitting with my back then better half at home planning a trip. Mm-hmm. And we realized that we're actually only planning our trips to go somewhere based on the cultural offering or the art shows or the exhibitions there. And, um, you know, they're kind of, I thought, like, you know, there must be a lot of people like, us traveling the world because of arts and culture and if you search into kind of like travel world of what is on offer for cultural holidays and that kind of thing it's still very kind of it's for different kind of crowd it's more kind of follow the umbrella and see you know <laughs> the locals and it's not kind of that contemporary feel of what we what we were experiencing so and so um I really felt that there's a disconnect between the cultural destinations and the offering and then basically the tourism industry. And um, that was, uh, yeah, almost uh, 10 years ago. We started off then doing art safaris. Uh, we organized trips to unique places, um, to places which usually couldn't be unlocked. Um, we interviewed, um, to, to this date right now, we have about 300 ambassadors interviewed about their favorite cultural hotspots in the world. Wow. And so um, this could be a destination. It could be a specific museum. It could be a private art collection. Very often it's also just a hotel which has a great art collection. It doesn't necessarily have to be kind of a cultural place in the the kind of first instance. And so we started this. And then at that point, I also worked with the New York Times. And I basically uh, spoke to them and I said, guys, you know, I'm doing this um, project and would you help me with media and support? And then they basically helped us 2014 to set up the first Leading Culture Destination Awards. It was in partnership with the New York Times and Artnet back then. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and basically today we're kind of, we're, we're helping, in the end, we're helping destinations to be discovered. We help cities to become part of the kind of help them to get, create an ecosystem for kind of cultural tourism. And um, yeah, you know, the highlight every year is the awards, but we also do salons, academies. Um, and then, you know, we also work with kind of destinations and more on the strategic side and how can you build an ecosystem for a destination so that, you know, the culture is kind of really an asset in their kind of tourism offering. And then, you know, we can talk about it in a second, what actually does culture mean? And right. so, um, in the past, you know, two, three years, I think the big highlights were we worked on the campaign for European Capital of Culture in Valletta, in Malta. Mm-hmm. Um, so we worked with the Maltese government 
on bringing Malta into kind of not just, I mean, there are fantastic summer kind of holiday, beach holiday tourism destination. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, they had issues in the winter because of the occupancy rate and less people came in. So we thought that maybe culture could help to bring a kind of more ongoing tourism in the winter times. And actually, we increased mm-hmm. their occupancy rate in the hotel from 35 to 44% that, that year. And then the other one, which just happened, actually, was the city of Berlin, who came to us and said, like, look, uh, we're not like Venice, where we have over-tourism like Venice, but we feel like we need a better tourism, not more tourism. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can help us that, you know, the entire city gets behind kind of a cultural theme. How can we make sure that the benefits of tourism also reaches everybody in the ecosystem? Because what happens often is that, you know, the big hotel groups, they skim off the profits on the top. So a few handful of very famous artists get seen, but the bigger artist community of a local place doesn't. And right. so it was a little bit like, you know, these little snowballs you have for Christmas. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit like this kind of to start shaking it one more time so that all the pieces <laughs> fly back into the snowball to basically <laughs> rearrange a little bit the ecosystem with kind of a, with just shaking it. There was a proper strategy behind it, but so, yeah, now you can see what happened. Uh, if you go on youtube.com slash Travel, you can see what happened. Okay, yeah, I did that and I encourage everyone else to do it as well to see what happened there uh, earlier this year. So who have been the recipients of these LCD awards? What are the awards given for in what categories? So, look, um, the thing is, we always, look, we are not the... Turner Prize or something like this. You know, we always had the visitor experience at the heart of what we're doing. So, um, you know, it was always about kind of um, what is the experience for a visitor? And so, like, you know, our categories, uh, we have like five main categories. One category is called the Leading Culture Destinations of the Year, where we have Best Exhibition of the Year, Best Architecture of the Year, Best Museum Restaurant of the Year, Best Museum Shop of the Year, and Best Digital Experience of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, and here in this category, it's a little bit, you know, it's a, you know, especially in exhibition, it's a little bit like, you know, the Super Bowl or so it's a little bit the usual suspect. So like uh, this year it was, you know, the Guggenheim for the Hilmer F. Klimt uh, exhibition, which was, I mean, I think extraordinary. It's like, I think the Serpentine Gallery showed it before and there was like an extended version of it. Um, yeah. And uh, so this is the first category. And then the second category is kind of new cultural destinations of the year. So uh, this is kind of uh, separated into kind of Europe, North America, Latin America, Asia Pacific, Middle East Africa, and Asia Pacific. And here, I mean, look, when we started in 2014, we could hardly find anything in the Middle East and then Africa. And now, right. now with, you know, the Louvre in Abu Dhabi, uh, the Zeitz yeah. Town, so, uh, Cape yeah. Town, yeah. and there's so yeah. much stuff happening in Senegal, in Lagos. So, you know, that category, which was kind of really difficult to fill with nominees, is actually mm-hmm. now really kind of a thriving category. Bursting. Exactly. And then, um, of course, uh, then our next category is called the Soft Power Destinations of the Year. So... We are uh, um, looking at cultural organizations who have done great work in impacting their local community. Mm -hmm. Then we have one category which is called Climate Smart. Um, Mm -hmm. I always criticize a little bit the museums that, you know, they're in the archival business, but they should also educate (laughs) us 
around the big challenges of the future and we're giving a prize to museums to educate us around one of the biggest challenges of our time which is climate change and um, yes. then last category is the avis travelers awards which we, we've been working with avis for i think five years now uh, which is mm -hmm. like best at the cultural festival the best emerging cultural city, which, by the way, this year was Tbilisi in Georgia, and then the best mm. art hotel of the year, which was Five Arms of Hauser and Wirth in Scotland. Um, uh, I haven't been there. Yeah, but um, so, yeah, that's basically our uh, different categories. And so look who won these categories. It's, um, it, it was for MoMA won for North America, now it's for the mm -hmm. refurb. Um, mm -hmm. We had, for example, last year the Zeitz Foundation winning for the kind of various categories. I mean, Thomas mm -hmm. Hathaway with his design has done really an incredible job there. Um, mm -hmm. We had um, the VNA previously as a winner, but also very small organizations. So the Duravi uh, Design Museum, which is basically a little mini trailer, which is a museum in this in the slums of Mumbai which is mm -hmm. basically uh, because, you know, there's a lot of craftsmen in Mumbai in, 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 in the kind of less privileged areas. And what they have done is basically they've taken these cricket bats or whatever they produce and they painted them in a kind of very artistic and new way. And they kind of made a campaign around it. And it went around the world and it was really an example again that, you know, you don't have to be a massive, huge organization. Yes. If you have a kind of a small idea and you execute well, you can be seen. And um, uh, another example, for example, for soft power. So when uh, uh, Donald Trump became president and he uh, announced the travel ban, a small museum in, uh, in, uh, around Boston, uh, kind of mm -hmm. they unhung all the artwork from artists from these seven countries, uh, which were produced by these uh, artists from these countries or which were donated no, donated by people who, who came from these countries and so they had to unhung 30% uh, of the exhibition and they kind of just put a sticker there which was called Artless. I think they went from 20,000 <laughs> followers on Instagram to 2 million followers within a week. Wow. And so wow. I think here again it just shows you that if you you know have a good idea and if you really engage with kind of contemporary culture in your community you don't have to be you don't have to have the guggenheim uh, patrons list to, to kind of make a change in the world yes that's good to know and i i'm very often seeing that with the young artists uh, living in uh, out of these uh, areas in the countryside who make a big difference as much as the ones living in the city so where do you see lcd going in the future what are your plans for it? Well, look, uh, the future, you know, I mean, I think, you know, it's yeah. a funny question in a, in a Corona world. Somebody said, somebody said, so what's your plan? Um, and then the person answered, he's like, you cannot plan the unimaginable. And this work, right. that, that's where we are right now. But I think, as you know, I've, I've been a trend scout for many years and worked for BMW on their culture strategy and, and kind of where does mm -hmm. kind of the cultural industry go and stuff like this. So I'm, I'm always very, I like to sniff out what's around the next corner. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think um, what's, what's I think interesting for me is I think 
uh, I mean, look, I'm in the kind of somehow culture and tourism world. I think the art world will have a tough time, extremely tough time for, for several reasons. A, I think right. museums have not been that well funded uh, in the first place. And now this is a huge problem. So they have to come up with mm -hmm. new strategies on how to maybe sustain their kind of programming and education and mm -hmm. stuff like this. I think the art world, the art fairs and the art market is uh, will have a problem mm -hmm. because... I think it has been so over leveraged already before Corona. I think there's mm -hmm. a, a huge clean out going to come there. Uh, I don't really want to kind of, you know, I mean, look at Venice, what's happening to Venice right now. I mean, Venice lives off tourism. So uh, I'm actually funnily enough, uh, I'm based out of Munich right now because I'm helping my parents. My mom had a stroke about eight weeks ago. And so mm -hmm. um, I actually ran into a friend who has like about 10 hotels. I mean, I think, the entire travel industry has a massive uh, challenge ahead of them. I think Berkshire Capital uh, just sold all their shares in, um, in, in like, you know, the American Airlines they have invested wow. in. So I think there is, there's a huge shift going on. And so I think for us, what, what we're interested in is to bring people together so like you know i think this ecosystem much more kind of, it used to be you know the museums were in their vertical silo and the travel industry was in their vertical silo and the uh, kind of the real estate developers were in the next vertical silo i think we all have to mm -hmm. come together and i think we have to kind of think about what are the different opportunities between because you know innovation doesn't happen in these silos it's usually in the fringes and so right. I think one thing which Brian Eno uh, said quite nicely is like, you know, innovation doesn't happen by one person coming up with something. Usually it is a community and it's kind of different people rubbing on each other. And then mm -hmm. out of that comes then the big innovation. And then maybe somebody was the most bossy one who kind of screamed at the loudest or was able to articulate it the best. And that's why we thought it was his or hers idea. But usually right. these innovations come out of communities. And our goal is to bring people from different areas together because the cultural ecosystem is quite a vast ecosystem. And to bring mm -hmm. people together to really build kind of, uh, basically build cultural social and also commercial equity for for these places mm -hmm. and um, i think it's really important to bring locals together with globals and culture with travel and policy makers with real estate developers mm -hmm. and i think mm -hmm. that idea <clears throat> to build platform is is the way forward i mean if you look at how you know the digital companies have innovated over the last 20 years it's always platform based you know they have developers coming in and designers and people with ideas and then they create mvps and then they let it mm -hmm. then they test it i think you know we're coming now to a point where the museum directors they have to open up a little bit and kind of think about how can they engage with other people who are maybe less educated and less academic as they are real estate developers and tourism people have to think about mm -hmm. how can they engage with cultural people who might be less commercially driven than they are but there is right. value in between them and that's basically our goal that we want to continue building these ecosystems in order to kind of create future ready and future proof cultural experience for all of us because i think it's incredibly important that we preserve our heritage that we understand our mm -hmm. heritage that we understand where we're going mm -hmm. moving forward and if we are not mm -hmm. educated then uh, that's the biggest problem and therefore i think 
culture, the cultural development and building these ecosystems is our main goal. Wow. Well, you already answered the question that I was coming to next, which is basically how the cultural institutions could shapeshift to accommodate the, the developments that are happening right now. But um, tell me, because we talked about culture a little bit in the beginning, and some people probably have an idea what culture means, but what does it mean to you? What does it mean to LCB in the context of what you're working on? Well, look, uh, this is always the big question. What is culture, you know? I think I always say culture is the stuff between people which makes us excited, you know? So <laughs> culture is the food, is the music, is the art, is, you know, in Berlin, the culture is to, to be cornering. You know what cornering is? To sit on a corner, to sit on a corner and drink beer, and instead of just saying you're hanging, right. the Berliners gave yeah. it a name, so it looks like you're more busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Trinidad they call that liming. So yes, I, we have that in common, the Berliners and yeah. the Trinidadians. So, um, so I think this is this this is culture. So, but I think um, I think what culture is is culture is. Um, it culture is our future, but it's also our past. And I think this is mm -hmm, really mm -hmm. important to understand that, you know, language mm -hmm. is culture and all of these things. I think it's important mm -hmm. to understand where we come from in order to path the way where we're going. And, you know, I don't think right. that culture is the, thing, the stuff you hang on the walls, you know. This is also mm -hmm. culture, mm -hmm. but this is just a small element mm -hmm. of it. And so I think culture Absolutely. Is, is, has also to do with attitude. And culture is mm -hmm. basically, in, in talking in political terms, and Joseph Nye, who the Harvard from Harvard professor and advisor to the American president, he, he kind of mm -hmm. coined the term of soft power. I think you know, mm -hmm. culture is a huge element of soft power, and I think we live in a time now where hard power has kind of ripped, kind of ripped us almost apart, and you know. Uh, finance, yeah. kind of, you know, uh, nationalism, all of these things kind of, uh, you know, kind of getting kind of more oil and more cars. And like, you know, I think the, the heart power of our society has kind of come to a stop to a little degree now because of this corona, we're rethinking it. And, you know, at the same time, governments yeah. are thinking of putting back kind of like tracking devices onto us because they want to see kind of who are the spreaders but i think the mm -hmm. soft power element is, is is a big part of of what we kind of have to further develop and i think culture is basically also to a certain degree a belief system um, um and i think you know um, without culture there is no kind of it, it, it's, it lacks basically the entire vernacular, the air which exists in places and between people. And I think this is really important to kind of to keep nurturing it. Culture comes at a price. There's a famous comedian, uh, Bavarian comedian, who said, art is wonderful, but it's also a lot of work. <laughs> and, and culture is the same thing. It's like, you know, to have a strong culture is like to have a six pack it kind of you know it takes a lot of training and persistence and and you know it sometimes hurts to get it you know yes absolutely absolutely well i had another question i don't know if we have time for it but it seems sort of irrelevant after we've spoken about all these uh deep things and as you said you know the paintings on the wall or whatever are just a drop in the bucket of what culture means so i think i'll leave that question off but um 
if there's anything else you wanted to add before I I, I sign off, uh, please, you know, add it. It's a pleasure to hear you speak and to hear someone who is uh, working between the fields of art discuss these yeah. matters. I think, you know, I think I hope that this coronavirus moment now, you know, look, it, it will have a lot of negative impact, I think. Um, but it also it offers us a chance maybe to to rethink certain things and um, and to come mm -hmm. together really you know I think uh, uh, it's it's time to reach out to each other and to help each other and to listen to each other and uh, you know mm -hmm. solutions are never being served solutions are usually being shaped and developed and discussed and so I think what's really important is we have to now. You know, this is why kind of this word, word social distancing, I think, is absolutely wrong. I mean, we have to maybe physically distance ourselves, but I think socially we have to mm -hmm. come together. And I think we have right. to kind of create a culture of social integration and cultural integration in order to overcome this pandemic. And um, I think museums play a vital role in this, in, this, in this process because museums as places of education, they have, they're, they're mm -hmm. at its core. Um, the kind of part of that that kind of development and ecosystem and therefore I think the museums are going to be, we're going to see very interesting developments there in the, the next uh, three, five years and I'm not just talking about digital exhibitions, I mean I, I just heard right. uh, at, at the academy when we did this in Berlin did you know that to send one image on WhatsApp uses as much energy as a 30 watts lamp burning for three hours oh i didn't <laughs> so can know you imagine that. like to watch a netflix film like you know how much energy and how much global warming this uh, kind of takes and you know to have all these museums kind of to visit virtually i don't know if this is maybe the solution i don't know all i know is like you know yeah, in the yeah, end of the day uh, yeah. um museums are places of learning and kind of social kind of there are places where it's about education and kind of coming together. And I think, you know, that that's their mm -hmm. job. And what, what the solution for it will be, we don't know yet. But I think they will play a vital role in kind of creating our future. Right. Well, that's the thing. I was thinking about these virtual viewing rooms for the art fairs right now and how much energy those must be uh, using up. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know... I don't know. I mean, it, I think it is a way to engage with people. But um, uh, I think, you know, it, it comes at a cost. And, you know, we have not thought through that cost yet, you know. Yes, yes. All right. Well, uh, hopefully I'll see you uh, sometime in the summer uh, if things ease up a bit worldwide. Um, keep doing the great work you're doing and uh, and I send you again. a big kiss to New York City from Munich, Germany Mwah. thank you, yes, we need all the love we can get here, uh, we've definitely been feeling the noose around keep calm head. and carry on <laughs> yes, Take culturally care, bye, -bye. bye. Thank you for joining us again on the Bees and Honey podcast. I hope you learned a little bit about leading culture destinations and uh, hopefully we'll all be participating in these wonderful offerings that we make for each other and hopefully soon we'll be able to share with each other 
in person. Stay well and uh, speak to you soon.